The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. As concentrated for worship, a place where God dwells. So it means that if the believer is the temple of the Holy Ghost, it means that from that believer should arise worship to God every single time because he is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The sovereign one, the Godhead, resides in the believer through the Spirit of God. So in that the believer is the temple of the Holy Ghost, what that scripture is telling you is that everything that makes God God is real and present in the believer because he has the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. All right, 1 Corinthians 3. Who is on the scriptures? 1 Corinthians 3, 16. All right. Amen. And you know, Paul tried to let us know that the very, um, how will I put this now? The very um, boundaries of our bodies, the boundaries of our bodies, form the boundaries of the dwelling place of God. He says, know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now, it's telling you that the Spirit of God dwells in you, which means the Spirit of God does not visit the believer. Glory to God. The Spirit of God dwells the believer. So, in the new creation, we do not have a visitation. What we have is a what? A habitation. Praise the Lord. In the New Testament, we do not have a visitation. What we have is a habitation. Because in, um, in Christ Jesus, we are a habitation of God by the Holy Spirit. We are a habitation of God by the Holy Ghost. So God dwells in us. This is why in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, all right, if you turn into Romans chapter 12 verse 1, it tells you, all right, that you should, let's go back there. Let's go to Romans 12, verse 1. I find that interesting because Paul now tells us what our reasonable worship is in Romans 12, 1 and into 2. He says here, can we read one to go? He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you what? Present your bodies. Present your what? Your bodies. A what? A living sacrifice now important you must see that paul calls the body of the believer the temple of the holy ghost then he now says that we should present our bodies what a living what sacrifice now if you go back to the old testament what normally happened was when they took the sacrifice or the bulls and the goats to the temple and they offered it on the altar they burnt that sacrifice remember that after they killed the sacrifice they burnt that sacrifice so the the what came up from the sacrifice was the odor of the burning flesh of that animal and that odor of the burning flesh rose up into heaven praise god all right as a sweet smelling savour to god that was what he type typified praise the lord so when he says that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, what he's saying is that you should ensure that the only things that occur in your body are things that are acceptable unto God. Hallelujah. Because if your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, therefore, and God lives in your body, he is now saying that 
the only thing you should allow and permit in your body are things that are acceptable unto God. Which means that there are things that are not acceptable unto God. Now it says that he presents your bodies a living sacrifice. Now that word present there means to account. It means to um, view. It means to consider. So he's telling you that your body is what the word says it is. So you should act in accordance with what your, the scriptures have said your body is. Are you following? The scriptures have said your body is the temple of God. So because your temple is the your body is the temple of God, all right, you should now present it, glory to God, as a living altar, as a living sacrifice that offers up what actions and conducts that are sweet-smelling savour unto God, like the old testament sacrifice placed on the altar. Praise the Lord. Now, there are certain things for us to note. Parallels between the Old Testament sacrifice and you, the living sacrifice. Amen. Remember that the Old Testament sacrifice, all right, before it could become a sweet-smelling aroma to God, it had to die. Remember that? The sacrifice had to be what? To be dead. Is that correct? So also, the New Testament believer must acknowledge that the old man is dead. Glory to God. You must acknowledge that every single thing that pertains to the old man has been done away with. Romans chapter 6. All right, from verse 6 says, Knowing this, that your old man has what? Your old man is what? All right, the old man has been done away with, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should no longer what? Serve sin. I think in 7 now says, all right, uh-huh. I should not serve sin. Then seven now say, he that is what? Dead is what? Freed from sin. So the man who is the temple of God and who is a living sacrifice to God must acknowledge and present himself to God as first of all the one who is what? Dead to sin. Because if the man died in Christ, then he died to sin. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Now, remember we said that true worship involves your conduct. I might remember that. All right? True worship involves your what? Your conduct. Because the word worship, shakar, means to submit. It means to surrender. That's what it means. It means to submit. It means to surrender. This is part three, I believe. So, um, if you uh, just join it for the first time, we have all the other parts. And I'm not going to start going back. To what I thought before, you just have to get the messages. Praise God. I said, praise God. So he that is dead is freed from sin. So the man who is a living sacrifice to God, amen, must present himself, all right, to God as one who has acknowledged that he is dead to sin. I remember there was a time we had this um, phrase being made popular, sin is dead or sin is dead and things like that. And they were saying that the believer cannot sin, all right, because sin is dead. So if you fornicate, it is not sin. You know, we have some very funny doctrines, false doctrines that fly around. Like yesterday, I saw one interesting one where a young man tweeted and said, all right, that grace means that you can do anything you want to do and you go to heaven. Praise God. Praise God. All right, I really question if that bro is born again. All right, it would be very, very weird if he was. Hallelujah, because I want to find out who his teacher is. Praise God. So, 
the living sacrifice, all right, means, you know, in the Old Testament, the sacrifice belonged to God. God had control of it. The moment you took it to the temple, the moment you placed it on the altar, it belonged to God. Are you following? So in the very same way, presenting your body as a living sacrifice is acknowledging that your body belongs to who? God, you cannot do what you want with your body. 1 Corinthians 7.25 1 Corinthians 7.25 1 Corinthians 6.25 Down in there. Where it says, he are bought with a price. I think it's 6.25. Yeah. Glory to God. You can't just do anything. So it's 1 Corinthians 6. Sorry, just a moment. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how it's, 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 the, the, the scripture is looking somewhere in my mind. <laughs> I'm seeing 6. 620. So we start from 19 into 20. Praise God. 19 into 20. So you, you, you have to, like a living sacrifice, the man who is a living sacrifice acknowledges that because he is a living sacrifice, he is not his own. God owns him. God owns his body. So whatever he is to do with his body must be determined by who? By God. Are you following? So look how it says, said, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. So by the by virtue of the presence of the Holy Ghost in you, it means that God has put his seal on your body. God has put his seal on your body by his spirit. The presence of the seal of God on your body, which is his spirit, is proof that you belong to him. You are not your own. Are you following? You belong to him. You are not your own. He said, what? No, you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. Now, listen. You are not your own. You are not your own. For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God where? In your body and in your spirits, which are what? Are God's. So in the same vein, when we talk about the Spirit of God is the seal of our redemption, all right, when we talk about how that the believer has been saved eternally because this, he has received the seal of the Holy Ghost, and because he has received the seal of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, he cannot lose his salvation. In that same vein, the reception of that seal of the Spirit means that that believer belongs to God. Everything that believer has belongs to God. So that believer cannot live on to himself anymore, he must live unto the one who has sealed him. Are you following? So in this act that God sealed you, means that God has claimed ownership of you. Hallelujah. He has claimed ownership on you, of you, and what you can do in your body, with your spirit, with your mind, must be dictated by God. Are you following now? I said, are you following? All right, so you cannot, you cannot do what you want. You are saved. You cannot do what you want. You have been sealed with the redemption seal. Glory to God. You have been sealed with the redemption seal. So you cannot do what you want. Salvation was not salvation from sin to do what you like. It was salvation from sin to live unto God. Salvation from sin to live unto God. The man who is dead in sin has 
works he produces. There are works that are consistent with a, 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 a uh, they are consistent with a man who does not have the life of God. Hallelujah. There are works that are consistent with a man who does not have the life of God. Amen. If you look at Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse 1. Ephesians chapter number 2 verse 1. Look at what he says quickly. Ephesians 2 1 he says, And you are the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. You were dead in trespasses and sins. He said, Wherein in time past you walked. All right. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. Notice that. He says, You walked. Walk there is lifestyle. According to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, which means the lifestyle of the man who is dead in trespasses and sins is influenced by the prince of the power of the air. That is the prince of darkness. That's the devil. So that means there is a, uh, an operation of the devil in the mindset and in the lifestyle of people who are what? Lost in trespasses and sins. Glory to God. He says, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. He said, among whom also we all had our conversation. The word conversation is behavior. And as in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So, we were by nature children of darkness. So, the man who is a sinner is one that does not have the life of God. He is one that does not have the light of God, and is one that is not indwelt of the Holy Ghost, therefore he is not the temple of God. So, because he's not the temple of God, he will produce works that, you know, show all right, the absence of life, all right, that he does not have. He will produce works that reveal that he does not have the light of God in his spirit. Hallelujah. Then he now says in verse 4, But God who is rich in mercy, for his great love when he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. So, we have been quickened together with Christ. We have been raised from darkness pulled out of sin, and because of our union with Christ, that intercourse with Christ produces a different kind of fruit. Praise God. When a man marries a woman and they have intercourse, that means they become united in their flesh. They produce a child. Is that correct? Is that correct? And that child looks like them. That child has their DNA. In the same vein, because of your union in Christ in the new birth, there are fruits you produce. What the Bible calls those fruits is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, therefore, are the what? The, how will I put it? The result of union between the sinner and Christ. The moment that man that was a sinner says, I believe in Jesus, he is submerged into Christ. The result of that submerging is the new creation, and the characteristics of that new creation is called the fruit of the Spirit. So, the fruit of the Spirit are the characteristics and the conduct permitted in the body of the man who is called the born again. That's what's permitted. That's the conduct allowed. Because that's who he really is. Praise God. So the Bible says, put on the new man. Amen? Ephesians 4.24. Put on the new man, which after God has been renewed, after righteousness and what? True holiness. 
put him on. Permit him to gain expression. Permit him to have expression in your body. Paul says that when you do that, that is your reasonable service or your reasonable what? Worship. Because worship is beyond singing. There's an aspect of singing in um, expressing our worship in that we agree. Remember what we talked about that? Homologio. Remember? Remember Hebrews 13, 15, where we said that you offer an offering or sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of what? The fruit of what? Our lips. Amen. The fruit of our lips. So there is that aspect where we talk about the songs we sing, the content of the song we sing. The New Testament worshiper must be very careful about what he says when he sings songs. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Be very careful because when you are singing songs, you are offering worship of a sacrifice of praise to God. And the sacrifice of praise you are to offer so God must be by Jesus Christ. Let's look at Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. And verse 14 to 15. It says by him. Everybody say by him. Now listen. By him means that Jesus is the instrumentality where which we offer the sacrifice of praise. It means that everything we offer in praise with our words, because it says, by him let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God, what? Continually. That is the what? The fruit of our lips. So that means the sacrifice of praise is words. Amen? Words. That's the sacrifice of praise. What we say. He is now saying we should what? Offer the sacrifice of praise by him. He now goes on to now say, giving thanks to his name. And I told you the word giving thanks there is from the word Greek word homologia. And homologia means to say the same things as. It's taken from two words in the Greek, homo and logia. Logia means speech. Homo means the same. Praise the Lord. All right. Homo means what? The same. So when he's saying giving thanks to his name, he's saying same the same things or speaking things that are consistent with his name. Speaking things that are consistent with what his name has done. His name has all power. His name has all authority. In his name, all dominion has been given. In his name, all sins have been forgiven. Hallelujah. In his name, man is now indwelt by God. In his name, man, hallelujah, is sitting at the right hand of the Father. In his name, man is sanctified. In his name, man is justified. In his name, man has been graced. Are you following what I'm saying here? Are you following what I'm saying here? So any sacrifice of praise we must offer must agree with it. Praise God. So if you come and you are now offering strange fire to God. You know, the Bible talks about some priests in the Old Testament that came and they offered what? Strange fire. And the Bible said the angel of the Lord consumed them. You come and offer strange fire to God. And you now begin to say, sing songs that say that God doesn't forgive you sin. You now begin to sing songs that, uh, you know, imagine when you come to and say, Oh Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit, I pray. And those kind of songs, they always bring a lot of emotion. Oh Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit, I pray. 
Feel me now, feel me now, feel me now, feel me now, oh, feel me now, feel me now. See, I'm people go on their knees. Baba Mobe, oh, feel me now, see, only what it is, feel me. You understand? Very emotional. But you are offering strange fire. Praise the Lord. Then, when you are singing a gospel song and offering some um, um, sacrifice or praise to God, you are particular about the tenses. The what? The tenses. You don't sing to God to do what He has said He has already done in the name of Jesus. The name, when He says in His name, is representative of all Jesus accomplished in his death, burial, and resurrection. We are to sing what he has done. Glory to God. We are to sing about what he has done. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. We are to sing about what he has done. We should dance about what he has done. Hallelujah. Look at Colossians chapter number 1. Colossians chapter number 1 and verse 12. Colossians chapter number 1 and verse 12. It says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be what? Partakers of the inheritance of the saints, what? In light. Alright. Now, it says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So, we are to sing songs stating that we have been made qualified. Amen? That we have been made what? Qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of Not singing songs to say, oh God, make us qualified. Are you following what I'm saying here? Because it's like saying, when you start saying God, make us qualified, it's a declaration of unbelief. How do you spend 1.5 million naira to mix and master a song that is declaring in unbelief? Alright? Asking God to do what he has already done. With all the nice voices and the nice features. Make me qualified, oh Baba. What are you talking about? He said I have made you qualified. Glory to God. When you now begin to sing to God, don't move away from my back. You understand? Oh, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Take him not away. But he said, I will never leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And he shall abide with you forever. So why are you singing, take your Holy Spirit? Don't take, why don't you sing that he will never leave you nor forsake you? Why are you singing the reverse? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I can see what you wrote. Somebody wants to drive out. So it wants to drive out. The person should have known that I will be on the pulpit while he was. Praise the Lord. Amen. That giving thanks on the Father, which had made us qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, verse 13. Can we read? One to go. It says what? All right. 13 says what? Who had what? Delivered us from the authority of what? darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his word why don't you sing about what he has done glory to god sing it that is how you write the songs 
Glory to God. That is how you write the songs. Amen. You pay attention to the tenses. You pay attention to the past tense of what God has done. You don't think about, think, all right, that God should do what he said he has done. Hallelujah. We don't think that God should do what he said he has done. We don't do that. Because that will be unbelief. That will be to call God a liar. Oh, hallelujah. Lift your hand and say, I believe what the word of God says. God is not a liar. He said, who has delivered us from the authority of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So we should be singing, I'm in the kingdom of his dear son. You understand? I'm in the kingdom of light. I'm free from darkness. Hallelujah. Amen. We should write song about sin and sing that we are dead to it. Hallelujah. Not sing, you see? Oh, glory to God. The New Testament worshiper does not sing his experience. Amen? He doesn't sing his experience. Your experience is not the doctrine. Your experience is not the doctrine. Jesus said that the hour has come and now is where the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and what? In truth. Truth. That's the doctrine. Aditya. Reality. They are not worshipping him in their experience, but in the truth. The truth. The truth. So you are singing the truth. Your experiences don't line up yet, but you are singing the truth. Hallelujah. Oh, you are still bound to addictions, but you are singing the truth. You see how this challenge, you are finding, how do I break this addiction? How do I, I'm a 25-year-old woman, I'm having this, this issue, all right? How do I deal with my sexual urges, right? Instead of you singing songs that make it look as though you are bound to it. No, sister, you sing the word, hallelujah. You sing the truth. What is the truth? You are dead to sin. You have ability, hallelujah, to control your body. Because the fruit of the spirit called self-control is in your spirit. The force of righteousness is in your spirit. You sing it. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Sin has no power over me. You sing it. Why do you sing it? Because it is true. Your experience may not measure up to it yet. But the more you grow in truth, the more you will change your experience. We don't Sing our experience to grow in truth. We sing the truth to cause our experience to conform. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said we don't sing our experience to grow in truth. We sing the truth. We meditate on the truth. Hallelujah. To cause our experience to conform to the truth. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. You renew your mind by meditating on the truth. And as you sing the truth, you are meditating on the truth. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. There are many, many wonderfully produced songs whose lyrics is unbelief. Be very, very picky. About the songs that you sing. The songs that you sing reveal your revelation. Hallelujah. Alright? The, the song that you sing reveals your revelation. Listen, I can let me tell you this. What blesses you reveals your level of maturity. 
Did you hear what I said? What blesses you in a service? It reveals your level of maturity. When you find yourself being blessed by unbelief, I was so blessed. It's so real. I always, I always find many believers, they sweep unbelief under the canopy of real. You know, can we be real for a moment? Are you helping me saying that? Can we be real for a moment? There are some times I don't just feel like praying. There are some times I don't feel like worshiping. There are some times I don't feel like fasting. There are some times I don't feel like reading the word. There are times when I go on a rut for one month and I don't read the word. Can I be real with somebody? You will say, preacher, preacher, that's it. That's it. That's true. That's my truth. That's our truth. That's all of our truth. You are kinda. Told you your flesh wants to read the word. Amen. Spiritual maturity is doing what you you have to do when you don't feel like doing it. Amen. Amen. You don't now make not doing it your new identity and culture. Uh uh-uh. uh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are times when I don't feel like reading the word. I read it. There are times when I don't feel like praying. I will pray. These lips must move. Praise God. I said praise God. Because if you are waiting to feel like, listen, there is, there, God is not in your feelings. God is spirit. Which means if he is spirit, it means that, alright, when he talks, he will only talk spiritually. He won't talk emotionally. That's why in your emotions, you are not likely to find God. This is why it is important for you to live in your spirit and let your emotions follow your spirit. Rather than live in your emotions and try to get your spirit to follow your emotions. Because God is not in your emotions. Praise the Lord. If you look at the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit are forces that will influence your emotions. So, for example, self-control, hallelujah. When somebody does some, something that should drive you mad with the force of self-control, and, the, you know, that fruit of the Spirit called self-control, your spirit man will influence your emotions. Such that what the flesh would have done, your spirit would not permit your flesh to do it. Are you following what I'm saying here? So, in the emotions of the recreated human being or the born-again person, your emotions are what? Modulated by the Spirit of God. Your, the spirit, all right, or your born-again spirit is not led by your emotions or in prison to your emotions. Amen? Amen? Amen. Very important. What blesses you in your service reveals your level of maturity. You come to a church and after the service, power God flowed. The word was well taught. Line upon line, precept upon precept. But what you left off, you said, I really love the level of excellence in that church. That was what you left with. I love the ambience. You mean, out of everything that happened, that was what you took? Now some of them say, oh, Pastor, is that what was wrong? If, yeah, 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 you understand? But if that was number one, you notice, something is wrong. Go. Because it will mean that you will have problem with Jesus' meetings. You know Jesus' meetings, they have ambience. It was breeze they had there. Jesus meeting was held in the field with no mic. Praise the Lord. No mic. 
and he held them for three days, no planning. You know, Jesus didn't, they didn't, you know, they didn't plan that meeting where he multiplied bread and fish. There was no publicity. People just followed him everywhere and he just said, okay, sit down, let us teach you. And he kept on talking day one, they slept, woke up, day two, they slept, they woke up, day three, in now one, after three days, now said, ah, they will be hungry. So no really, no much planning. Praise God. Are you following what I'm saying? See, don't follow the flesh and miss the spirit. And the, the way the church is now, the church, the church has gotten to a point where because of there's a lot of things that have seeped in that is making the church place uh um how will I put it? Undue weight on things. So you find out that you could enter a church and you enter a uh, the Grammys, and the thing that you know makes them say wow in the Grammys is the same thing that makes church people say wow. Because if we are not careful, the way things are going, Holy Ghost may miss in a service and we will not notice. It may be absent in a service, not manifested in a service, and people will not know. Because we have now begun to redefine what is supernatural, all right, and what is some um, divine. We are, we, are, we are looking at, oh, the lights, then the way they organize it. Then the AC that is blowing. You see, this is the wisdom of God. <laughs> no, sister, it's money. Amen. <laughs> it's money. Once you have money, you can't do it. It's not wisdom of God anything. You understand? It's not power of God. It's not the supernatural. It's money. If you have money, you can do it. Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. You can if you have money, all things are possible. That ambience. <laughs> you will do it. So don't call it God. Amen. Amen. Now, it's good. Is it good to, for things to be excellent? Yes. But you see, if you're a believer, and that is what you took away from a service, something is wrong with you. It's church we said you are coming to. It's not a symposium. Church. So if you came to church, what are you supposed to be living with? Amen. So, be careful of what blesses you. Glory to God. We are marching to Zion, the city of the living God. We are on our way. We are on our way. Then you now start singing. We are on our way. We are on our way. Then the choir start passing. We are on our way. We are on our way. We will not miss our road. We are on our way. We will not fall by the side. Oh, and you now begin to cry. Stupid tears. The scripture said you are come to Zion. How can you be on your way there? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Some are talking about being left behind. Left behind. Amen. Soon, somebody is going to bring another new song about being left behind. That if you take the vaccine, you'll be left behind. Praise the Lord. Left behind. How do you know? I have the <laughs> glory to God. The Bible says you are the circumcision, not made with hands. It means you have been marked. Hallelujah. You can't have two marks. You have been marked, not 666. No, you have been marked with the Holy Ghost. It's Holy Ghost marking. 
And the thing about this mark, it is eternal. You cannot remove it. The Bible says, who shall separate us? Or what shall separate us from the love of God? He says, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Not two spirits. One spirit. So that means, oh glory to God. The marking that we have been marked with is an inseparable marking. We cannot be removed. Hallelujah. So we sing that we have been marked eternally. I want to see a song about marking, about Holy Ghost seal, about redemption eternally. Glory to God. Some people are afraid of putting eternal in front of salvation. It's not me that put it, it's in the Bible. Ah, I was listening to one great man of God. I respect him and honor him. And he was saying, Eternal salvation is a fallacy. I'm like, eh. And you talked about it. Let me tell you something, guys. Let me tell you something. Shall I tell you something? Shall I tell you the truth? You know, you see, by the grace of God, I've been listening for a while. For a while. There are many preachers that know that the doctrine of eternal salvation, the correct one, you know, you know there are some extreme people that are not okay upstairs. All right. Now, the doctrine of eternal salvation, you understand, they know it's correct. But they also know that if they dare teach it, they will lose their platform. They know. They know that the moment they begin to say that the salvation we have received in Christ is eternal, eternal life, union with God. For example, I know there are some platforms I will not be invited to. I know. It's the consequence of my doctrinal persuasion. Are you following what I'm saying? I know. Most of those preachers will come to me by night, ask me questions, I'll be teaching them. Do you understand? But, you understand? All right? You understand? But, you get, they will not teach. They won't teach it. And I, I respect that, fine, you understand? All right? Well, I have friends, you know, that understand that salvation and teach it. My pastor does, you know, teaches it. You have many friends that, you know, Pastor Dio Baba, that they teach it and all. But there are some that don't teach it, but they know it's true. True. Because if salvation was based on your work, we are finished in this. We are all finished. We are gone. Glory to God. So the thing is this. We must sing songs that agree with what Christ has done. Say that I will sing songs. Only songs that agree with the word. Hallelujah. Say it again. I will sing only songs that agree with the word. You know why? Because when you are singing a song, you are actually singing the doctrine. Whether you are singing a song, you are singing a teaching. Every song has its roots in a belief system. Hallelujah. Every song has its roots where? In a what? Ijoba Arun Lereo Nigbago Madem Baraka Abi Madem Shino Baba Bumide Leo. There is a doctrine that is being sung. And when you are singing it, it means you agree with it. Praise God. Praise God. We are marching to Zion. It's a belief system. Oh Lord, come down and manifest your power. It's a belief system. Which other songs again do we have? Amen. Eh? Eh? 
I didn't hear that. Uh -huh. Pass me not away from your presence, O God. Huh? Yeah, prepare unto me. What? Exactly. That song is supposed to be a song for backsliders. Now, listen. You say, cast me not away from your presence. Cast you not. You are not David. Glory to Jesus. You have eternal life. Do you know what it means? God cannot cast you away from his presence. To cast you away from the presence is to cast him from his presence. How can he cast himself away? You are in him. He's in you. It's interconnectivity. This is not religion. Glory to God. The God that says, I hate divorce, will not divorce you. Glory to God. The union between Christ and God, even between God and um, um, Christ and the church, is likened to marriage. In Ephesians chapter number 4. Likened to marriage. Now, if God says, I hate divorce, don't put your wives away, why will he put his wife away? Eternal salvation is a doctrine of the faithfulness of God to keep his word. So when we say covenant keeping God, there is no one like you. Why is he the covenant keeping God? He kept his covenant to Abraham by sending Jesus to die and causing that Jesus rise from the dead so that by virtue of his resurrection and the perfect sacrifice he has offered, he can raise those called the fruit of the covenant. The fruit of the covenant being what? The new creation. Hallelujah. Now, this new creation, he says, your sins and your iniquities, I will remember no more. Hallelujah. Concerning these guys, he says, by one offering, he had perfected forever them that are what? Sanctified. Here, in Isaiah 43, 25, he said, I, even I, am he that what? Forgiveth your sins and blocketh out your transgression. Covenant keeping God he is faithful, so he will keep his word. When you sing songs that contradict the word, you are saying that he is not faithful to keep his word. Praise the Lord. You know, one of the reasons why many of these songs actually are very popular and all is because most gospel ministers are not students of the Bible. And I'm speaking this to all instrumentalists and all. Choristers and all, right? If you are going to now, listen. One of the problems with many instrumentalists and gospel ministers is they don't, they don't. Oh God, they don't. They are not students of the word. Thank God for the ones we have in church. But in some places I've been, when the word is being taught, the instrumentalist is outside. They will be gisting. Then when it's time for the choir, they will not start running back. They don't listen. Then you now find somebody, some of these gospel music, musicians that become very popular. Here's the challenge, the problem they have. You cannot find them in one church on Sunday. They are ministering here this Sunday. They are going there next Sunday. They are going. I remember I was in a church and I think it was um, 
what a wonderful man of God, all right, so, um, spiritual mentor to me, all right, and he was, he was there and he was rebuking all of his music stars because they were never present in church on Sunday. They were never present. How are you going to write lyrics that agree with the word that the body of Christ will see? When you are not, you don't even know what is correct. Are you following what I'm saying? So you have to be careful. Listen. 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 So when someone comes and sings a song, no matter what I do, I'm safe. I can live anywhere I like. You are my lover. You are my lover. I can go anywhere I like. I can say anything I like. You are my lover, my graceful Lord. Listen, no matter this, it sounds like his song. <laughs> it is rubbish. What you will be singing is everywhere, anywhere, uh, uh, anywhere you go, I go, whatever you say, I say. You understand? What you pray, I pray. Are you, are you following? Meaning that you are saying, my life is your life. Your life is my life. I'm yielded to you. Whatever you want me to do is what I will do. Hallelujah. Praise God. It agrees with the word. Amen. Let me just round up and show you this quickly. Amen. Then you know we talked about posture. That in the Old Testament, worship involved included posture. Amen. Posture that shakar meant to what? To prostrate, lay prostrate on the ground. Is that correct? Is that correct? Which was a picture of surrender, submission. Is that correct? Now in the New Testament, God is more particular about the posture of your heart. So that's why the posture of the New Testament worshiper is that the old man has been done away with. So the posture of the New Testament worshiper is a reborn spirit. Look at Joel chapter number verse 12 into 13. In the Old Testament, there were two things they did to you know worship. So sometimes you find them that they were prostrate on the floor. There are many times. Whenever they wanted to show remorse and guilt, do you know what they'll do? They will rent their garment. I mean, if you are, so many times, they will rent their garment. They will tear it. Oh, God! You know, and put ashes. Like in Noah's, in the book of um, Jonah, the kings, they rent their garment. So, no, 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 not again, Job also, they rent their garment. Oh, they rent their garment. Oh, God, why did this happen? You understand? All those things where you know. But now look at Job 2.12. He said, therefore, also now, said the Lord, turn ye even to me, with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. Look what now says in 13. He says, and what? And rend your heart and not your what? And turn unto the Lord for his gracious and merciful, slow to hunger and of great kindness and repenting him of the evil. So when he says rend your heart, he's talking about, all right, a change that would occur in the heart. Glory to God. Which we find in the what? In the new birth. Hallelujah. So the posture, all right, of the man in worship 
is that of the posture of the new man in Christ. So a man can be prostrating on the floor, but if he is not born again, he is not worshipping. Are you following? Because in the Old Testament, that's worship, a typology of it. But in the New Testament, worship is only in the Holy Ghost. If he is not in the Holy Ghost, it is not worship. Worship is not possible outside of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Then, you know, we're not talking about another aspect of worship, like we've said, all right, with words, you know, words that agree with what Jesus has done. Another aspect of worship is in your material resources. First, when you say Jesus owns my life and Jesus owns my body, it also means Jesus owns my property. People don't like us entering this path. Hallelujah. People don't like us going into this part. But if you check in scripture, you're going to find that in Acts of Apostles chapter number 2, all right, Acts 2, Acts 2, I think Acts 4 actually, all right, look at Acts 4 and 32. We find something interesting here that one major thing that happened when believers received Jesus was that they lose, in their mindset, they lose that consciousness of saying, this was mine. And it switched to, whatever I have belongs to God. Look at it. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that out of the things which he possessed was his own. Did you see that? Did you see that? He said, neither said any of them that you are right, any of them uh, of that uh, of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things what? In common. So what happened was the moment they got born again, they, they, there was a shift in their consciousness that moved from my own. So what I own, God owns. Are you following? So it was now that whatever I owned, I was using it. But if God asks for it, I will give it up. You understand? Remember we said worship is submission. It's what? Surrender. So they had that mindset. So you now see something. See, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace upon them all. Now, it now says, neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses, sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Hoses, that's Barnabas, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consultation, a Levite, and of the culture of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. See, see the change in mindset. Worship. Hallelujah. Worship. You know, the problem with giving in the modern church today, like I always tell folks, I said, the issue is, the major problem, eh, apart from father, some, Believers are not properly brought up, right? They're not properly brought up. 
and fact fact that most of the people that were born they were claimed to be born again are actually false converts and why do i say they are false converts because the message by which they were brought in is wrong you get that's number one the second thing is on the part of the pastors some pastors are not even born again by virtue of what they see it's clear that they're not born again the other thing is some pastors are not willing to be transparent. You understand? They are not accountable. So you find pastors behaving as though church money is their money. Church money is not any pastor's money. I always I I get bothered when I hear people talk like a pastor talk as though church money is their money. No. It's church. How can you how can church money be? Are you church? No. One person can be church. Have you heard people say, I am the church? No, you are not the church. There is no place in the scriptures where church is used to refer to one person. The idea of church is a group. Ecclesia. It is referring to a company of people. And the idea of Ecclesia in the scriptures is referring to a physical gathering, not online. I'm just, this Bible law. Praise God. If I say stadium, can there be online stadium? Praise God. When I say stadium, a stadium means it's a physical place. People are coming to play. Amen. Except you say your own is PS4 stadium. Can you enter inside? No. So the idea of Ecclesia is a physical garden where people come and assemble. That is Ecclesia. Praise God. So the church, you say the church that is in their house. Have you noticed that expression? The church that is where? It means the, the church that meets in their house. It's a group that meets there. Praise God. How did I get here? <laughs> what was I saying before I said something like that? Yes, they had all things in common. So the problem with many churches is you have pastors who don't believe in accountability. I believe in accountability. And this church, by the grace of God, I think our audited financials will come now this week or next week. For 2020, by the grace of God. We declare this is what we use the money for. Hallelujah. The problem is many folks can't trust. But the truth about it, let me tell you something. That as a wise Christian, if you are giving, just give. God will not allow your reward to be affected by the indiscipline and the unaccountability of a errant pastor. You gave in obedience to the word, Abi. God is not going to ask, why will this now affect you? No. You gave, he will reward you for your own obedience. The other pastor's disobedience will be judged. Praise the Lord. So whenever you find people doing what they are not supposed to do, don't now begin to do as though they got away with anything. Nobody gets away with anything with God. We will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So we see the thing done in our body, whether good or what? Bad. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. All right? So that's why, you know, all right, give. Giving is important because giving actually shows the yieldedness. Guys, let me show you something. Listen. There is nothing that shows how surrendered you are, you are to the Lord than what you do with your money. 
you know why? Your money is important to you. The Bible says, where a man's treasure is, that's where his what? His heart, we what? <laughs> you understand? Hallelujah. How many of you, your mind goes to where your money is? Come on, talk to me now. Some of you put some money in piggy bank. The moment you see a tweet that the piggy bank is down, <laughs> or that something happened, that, you know, your response time. Hey, what, what did you say? What did you say? What did you say? One of my sons, I'm about to enter him now. Forgive me. But one of my sons, all right, listen to me here, maybe online, went to invest his money in one of these wonderful schemes. Dropped 200,000, and in six weeks, it will be called 800,000. <laughs> Saga by <laughs> So this, this, this wonderful beloved son of mine was talking to me. You know, he was talking to me and was so excited. He was saying, oh, you have this project coming out that you have some investments. I said, huh, tell me about these investments that you have. I mean, I love investments. I know. He said, okay, he has this, he has this investments where, you know, he puts this, you know, there's the return. I said, six weeks return. I said, huh? I said, what, what, what exactly is this investment? Oh, a certain person was dealing in Forex. In Forex? And he's giving you 800000 out of out of, in six weeks. I said, you lost your money, boy. <laughs> but you know, my point is, his heart was where his treasure was. And I'm sure when the six weeks was this thing, and he couldn't get it, his temperature was hot. Paracetamol couldn't bring it down because his heart was there. Listen to me. If you notice something, if you're being honest, everybody look at me. You find out that many times, whenever you you know want to take your work with God seriously and stuff, as time goes on, God will be asking you to give. How many of you have noticed that stuff? He will be asking you to give, give, give. Do you know why? <laughs> He's training you because you see, if that. If, that, if you cannot surrender money, what is money? You cannot submit with mammon. How exactly are you going to demonstrate submission? The man that cannot give his money cannot give his life. The man that cannot give up his treasures cannot give up his time. The man that cannot give up his treasures cannot go all the way. Amen. That's actually why. One of the ways we know, all right, how surrendered you are to the Lord and his land is in how you give. Praise the Lord. How you give. Amen. Amen. So last, that's your hand up. Ensure that your body, your body is, a, you know, your body is presented to the Lord because your body is a living sacrifice. Your body is a living sacrifice. Present it as, as, as what it is. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Present it as what it is. Amen? Present it as what it is. You're watching a movie. They're about to show stuff. Glory to God. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Change the movie. Don't act all mature. 
all mature ah, no i'm not I'm, I'm not on that age now i can't watch this you can watch two people having sex on the screen even me that i'm married i get uncomfortable when they get to that part and i i am i'm married remember i was watching something i was a student then and we got to a sex part very graphic sex part then one guy was saying ah we are not we are not children yet i was like eh, meaning what are you saying that this is not doing your body somehow I bought this temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm not supposed to be watching pornographic content. Praise the Lord. I'm not supposed to yield my body to that. Glory to God. My body is temple of the Holy Ghost. I should not use my body to give bribe or receive bribe. Amen. I said, Amen. My body is temple of the Holy Ghost. The, the, the hand to use to collect the bribe does not belong to me. It's the hand of Jesus. Will Jesus use his hand to collect bribe? No. Amen. You are dating somebody. You are not married. You, you are going to the um, theater. Then your hand is going places. The hand is not your hand. That's Jesus' hand. And Jesus is telling you to take your hand off the person's body that you are not, you are not married to her. Can you move your hand? Sister, you too. Your hand always wants to touch things. You want to touch things. Praise God. And the person that you are, whose things you are touching is born again. Jesus is saying, the thing you are touching belongs to me. His body is my temple. Don't move your hand there until you have legal documents to say you can touch it. You are not married, you are going to buy a condom. <laughs> Imagine. Temple of God goes to pharmacy. Give me one, one condom there. And you, you, you gave them the money. The money that also doesn't belong to you. And you bought the corner and you put it in your pocket. To go and sleep with somebody's body also that is the temple of God. Are you seeing this? Now you see that once we have the consciousness that our body belongs to Jesus, it will solve the same problem. Because the problem with many of us is we think that Jesus is far away. He's not too. He's living inside you. You understand? Let me, let, me, let me do a drama for you. Can you hear me with this chair? You understand? So I want you to imagine it. When you want to sin. When you are tempted to sin. This is how you should imagine it. If you're on that chair. You're on that chair. You understand? You get Let's say you're in a relationship. Right? You know. Dun da da da, Warner Bros. has introduced the movie. Dun da da da, da 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 da, fuck a pound. Yeah, you. Then you're sitting at this person. Then you are just talking something, we're talking the word of God, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, <laughs> Joshua. Then all of a sudden, the person's eyes looking at you somehow, and you are blushing, then you are looking at the person somehow. Before your mind begins to go anywhere, listen. Just imagine there is a third chair there and it's Jesus that's looking at you. <laughs> Are you following? Jesus is right there. So yeah, now let's do this thing. I want to kiss. Jesus is there. Looking, what are you doing? <laughs> Praise God. You see that consciousness I've just described? It's called the fear of the Lord. What is it called? 
The fear of the Lord is the consciousness of His presence. Where you like, ah, for the Lord is here, how can I do it? We say, where is the Lord? He's here. I can't do it. Hallelujah. Like me now, I'm married to my wife. Then maybe I, 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 I see somebody, then um, something should not be happening. They will now begin to rationalize how we are going to commit this adultery. <laughs> how are we going to do it? I'm like, the Lord is there. So imagine, can you, guys, can you, can you imagine telling the Lord, you want to quote scripture to the Lord about why this sin is okay? And I say, Lord, let me tell you something. This sin is covered under your blood. <laughs> You've paid for it. You understand? So we are just cashing in on what you've made available. Can, will you be able to tell the Lord that? A amen? Can I even tell the story one time? He said, I, I, I'm trying to remember who actually it was about. I, I think I heard it from Andrew Womack or Ken Hagen was him. Yeah, it was Ken Hagen. A young man who was saved came to Ken Hagen and said, Brother Kenneth, is it wrong for me to smoke cigarettes? There is no place in the Bible that says we should not smoke cigarettes. And he said, I agree. That this is what I want you to do. Every single time you smoke a stick of cigarette, just do like this. And just say, Lord Jesus, I smoke that to your glory. <laughs> he said, the guy came back two weeks later. To me, again. He said, but I cannot. I don't know what happened, but I couldn't smoke anymore. So every single time I tried to smoke and say, Lord, I'm doing that for a girl, I always drop the cigarette. <laughs> Why? Because it's nature. was like, no. Listen, there are certain things that are not written black and white in scripture that is wrong. But your spirit man is telling you is wrong. Have you noticed that? Yes. So you see, that is why, all right, in Christ, it is a walk in the spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Two people that may be dating can hold their hands together and be walking down the road and their conscience not disturb them. You understand? For you, if they just touch your finger, you have gone. So you just say, don't let us touch. <laughs> don't touch my finger. <laughs> Amen. Don't go against your spirit. Are you following what I'm saying? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Eternal salvation teaching is not this one. This one I'm hearing off and down. It's not eternal salvation. No. It's eternal way repay. It's not just, ah, no. Someone taking weed. I'm saved eternally. No, that's not what we are teaching here. You understand? That's why from today, don't call me Osas Picture because it's like that brand has been affected negatively. You know, branding is important. Because when you say Osas, there's something they have in mind. I'm not an Osas picture. I preach Jesus. I preach the gospel. And the gospel says that salvation is what? Eternal life. Amen, somebody? Don't affect our we can spread. <laughs> Could he spread that that ocean spread? So don't let strongholds be built in people's hearts. Amen. Amen. Have you learned something today? Have you learned something today? All right, can you just lift up your hands and just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost?
Say with me, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Again, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to God. God is expressed in me. God is manifest in me. God is expressed in me. God is manifest in me. I live for Jesus. I walk in Jesus. I walk in Jesus. I live for Jesus. I walk in Jesus. I walk in Jesus. I glorify God in my body. I glorify God in my body. I glorify God in my body. My body is a temple. My body is a living sacrifice. I walk as I ought to walk. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I declare I'm a son of God. I declare I'm born of the Holy Spirit. I've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. And I am in this kingdom of the sun. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Now let us package our offerings real quickly. Amen. Now, you know, because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, you present your body to read the Bible. You see that? Come on, guys, look at me. Because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, you present your body to read the Bible. Because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, you present your body to listen to the Word. Because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, you drag your body to CRC. Amen. Now, listen. Listen to me. Some people might have organized one birthday, one something, as soon as soon distribution party during Easter. Your body will be craving to go there. Are you following what I'm saying? But you say, my body is not my own. My body goes after spiritual things. Are you following what I'm saying? So true worship is taking your body, all right, where the Holy Ghost wants it to be. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, let's pack it up. Hallelujah. Savior, Redeemer, soon coming King. King of kings, Lord of everlasting King. Savior, Redeemer. King of kings, Lord of God, everlasting King, Savior, Redeemer. You are King of kings, Lord of God, everlasting King, Savior, Redeemer. Oh, King of kings, Lord of God, everlasting King, Savior, Redeemer. You are of King, Lord of God, everlasting King, Savior, Redeemer, Hallelujah. All right, um, 
don't remember don't forget april 1st to april 4th crc make sure you tell everybody amen tell everybody where first april 1st will be here so the first day is a prep you know we hear the word we pray in the spirit but the full days april 2nd april 3rd we will be at nycom's event center praise god praise god You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olalea of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.